Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, Mount Zion, the place of the name of the Lord of hosts. It shall be focused on a study of Isaiah chapter 18. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word, and we thank Thee that heavens and earth will pass away, but Your word will never pass away. May You speak to us today, and may we know what You have set aside for us to know today, and may You wash us from our sins, for we are told by Your word that we are washed by the waters of the word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next... We shall listen to Isaiah chapter 18. Chapter 18 Woe to the land shadowing with wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, that sendeth ambassadors by the sea, even in vessels of bulrushes, upon the waters, saying, Go, ye swift messengers, to a nation scattered and peeled, to a people terrible from their beginning hitherto, a nation meted out and trodden down whose land the rivers have spoiled. All ye inhabitants of the world, and dwellers on the earth, see ye, when he lifteth up an ensign on the mountains, and when he bloweth a trumpet, hear ye. For so the Lord said unto me, I will take my rest, and I will consider in my dwelling place like a clear heat upon herbs, and like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For afore the harvest, when the bud is perfect, and the sour grape is ripening in the flower, he shall both cut off the sprigs with pruning hooks, and take away and cut down the branches. They shall be left together unto the fowls of the mountains, and to the beasts of the earth, and the fowls shall summer upon them, and all the beasts of the earth shall winter upon them. In that time shall the present be brought unto the Lord of hosts of a people scattered and peeled, and from a people terrible from their beginning hitherto, a nation meted out, and trodden underfoot, whose land the rivers have spoiled, to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, the Mount Zion. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, The Feast of the Trumpets. This was preached in 1964 on July the 19th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 27, up to paragraph 195. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Let us stand in reverence to the word. Now, my subject this morning is the Feast of the Trumpets. I want to read now from the 23rd verse of the 23rd chapter of Leviticus. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, and in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Now in the book of Isaiah, beginning with the first verse of the 18th chapter, this connects this together. Woe to the land shadowing with wings, which is beyond the river of 
Ethiopia that sendeth ambassadors by the sea, even the vessels of bulrush upon the water, saying, Go ye swift messengers to a nation scattered, healed of the people, terrible nation melted out and trotted down, whose land the river has spoiled. And all ye inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the earth, see ye when he lift up an ensign on the mountain, and when he bloweth a trumpet, hear ye. In Isaiah 27, 12, and 13. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river unto the streams of Egypt. And ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and ye shall come which are ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcast in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Let us pray again. Lord, bless these words to our hearts. May our thoughts and our meditation be according to thy bidding. In Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. There's so many things that a pastor would like to say to his congregation that he loves, of different people from different places, which would not be permitted on the count of time. Now, as we approach this subject, we want you to feel at liberty, and many of you are standing, and as I come by, the halls is full, and outside the doors, the front, around the building, around the walls. So now, if you want to change seats with each other, that'll be fine. Now, the Feast of the Trumpets. Now, this was a gathering of Israel, where they gathered together the Feast of the Trumpets. Now, I have been anticipating for some time to, to speak on the subject of the seven trumpets in the book of Revelations. And now we're going to review this just a moment to bring out the real cause of me not speaking this time because the Holy Spirit would not let me speak at this time on these things. I know that sounds very... A juvenile, maybe, to people of great learning and understanding, but to the Christian, it's different. We, we follow the leading of the Spirit, that alone. Now, I begin to notice at the preaching of the seven church ages, which is the, the pattern or the forecast of all that God was going to do for the churches and through the churches and positionally setting them up. The first uh, three chapters of the book of Revelations reveals all the happenings unto the church. Then from the third chapter unto the 19th chapter of Revelation, 
There is no more seeing of the church. The church goes up at the fourth chapter of Revelations and returns back at the 19th chapter of Revelations, the bride and the groom together coming to the earth. And then from the 19th chapter uh, to the conclusive of the 22nd chapter, it's all on the millennium and what will be in the years that is to follow. Doing the 4th to the 19th, God is dealing with Israel. Now, then, when we got finished with the book of the uh, revelation of the church, what God did to those seven churches which were then in their infancy or their shadow in Asia Minor, then the Holy Spirit revealed and opened us all the mysteries in there of how He's brought His church through history. And if you don't have the seven church ages on tape, it would be good if you listen to them, and soon they'll be in book form. Then just leaving it at that and presuming that after a while we'd preach on the seals, not knowing what the seals was. I had my own idea, as every minister does, of reading maybe what other man had said and believing as much as I possible with them on the things that they had drawn up their conclusion. Uh, I'd read the book of Mr. Smith, uh, Uri Smith, which is the Adventist uh, teacher, and um, I'd read his, uh, his thoughts on it, and I'd read uh, Mr. Larkin, I'd read all, so many different ones of their commentaries on this, but uh, somehow or other, I thought I had uh, a little view of it myself that might be, the place is different. But trying one time, just speaking three subjects, the first, uh, the four subjects of the four horse riders, I preached only four nights, one on one horse and the other. But then just before it happened, I was given a vision, which is on tape, as you all know, sirs, what time is it? That I should go to Tucson, Arizona. And there on the backside of the desert, up into the mountain where I was with some brethren and told about what a great blast would go off and uh, seven angels came down. Me thinking myself it was the end of my life. Told my wife to get with Billy and what to do with the children and so forth till we met again at the other side. Then one day in the Sabinia Canyon while God called me early in the morning up there, I was up with my hands in the air praying and a sword came into my hands. You know that? I stood there and looked at it as natural as my hand is now not knowing what it meant. And it was left me with a voice that said, This is the sword of the king. And then later when the angel of the Lord revealed it, it was the word in the hand. Immediately after that, the angels of the Lord appeared and told about the seven uh, trumpets, or the seven seals, and I was to return back here to Jeffersonville and preach the seven seals. And there, if I've ever said anything that was inspired, it was in that. There... Or the angel Lord met us in the Bible become a new Bible. There it opened up and revealed all the things that the reformers and things had left out. It was a complete revelation of Jesus Christ, altogether new to us, but perfectly exactly with the Scripture. That was the Word, which has always been. I was so inspired and directed. Then when I come to this part here of preaching the seven trumpets, I was thought, well, I'll not try to think anything. I'll just wait till that time and let him reveal it to me. And then yesterday when I was 
I went into the room and wondering why, or beg your pardon, it was the day before yesterday, when I went into the room to try to understand, it was there that the Holy Spirit opened up this to show me the reason it's not profitable even for the church at this time, because it has nothing to do with the church at all. Now, the hidden mysteries of Christ was fully revealed in the seven seals. It revealed first the seven church ages open up the ages and place them positionally both with history and with the Bible and set them in position how they was and we found ourselves in the last church age being the Laodicea church age which was the most corruptible of all the church ages even from the very first from Ephesians was a great church age and then how here the Holy Spirit giving me a vision and seeing what would take place I drawed on the blackboard two years ago, here it is up here on the drawing, that how that the light was fading off of the earth, which would be exactly the way that the light come on the earth as a gospel and how it would fade in and out, not knowing it at the time what it meant and how it would be. But the great ecumenical world had a, a meeting with Rome and Rome, which is a mother of all organizations, the Pope, for the first time in history, left the Vatican and went to Jerusalem and many places. Now, Jerusalem is the ancient seat of all of our religion, is Jerusalem. And in this ancient seat, the Pope from Rome, which has been the church's greatest enemy all times, leaves to come over to visit Rome, or from Rome to Palestine, Jerusalem. And as we see, uh, being uneducated, myself, not knowing the, the words and how to speak them, I've always taught in types and patterns of nature. Nature will follow nature. Nature is of God. When you take a time when cattle on in the field all congregate together in the corner of the field, take your fish line out of the water. Fish won't bite. You'll never catch them. See, the cattle are resting unless you happen to drop right down in a bed of one. But when cattle go to feeding, watch the same time the cattle does that, the birds also will take to the trees. They'll quit uh, a feeding. See, it's nature. All of it blends together. You notice the bees at that time is buzzing over their honey, not gathering it. All nature works together. And therefore, like we see a tree drop a leaf off pretty soon now in the next couple of months, the leaf will leave the tree and the, the life, the sap will go down into the root. And the tree leaf will drop off and fall on the ground and will rot. And the calcium and, and the potash and it's in the tree leaf will rot in the ground. And what happened? The life went on ahead of it and will suck it right back into itself and bring that leaf back again. It's a death, burial, and resurrection. And all nature and the moon is the, is the wife of the sun. It is the lesser light. And then 
Also that when the sun is gone, in the absence of the sun, the moon reflects the light to the earth, which is a type of the church. And when the Pope leaves the ancient enemy of the church and comes over to the Jerusalem, which is the seat of the church, which is the new Jerusalem and the old Jerusalem, we notice before it did it, there was a total blackout of the moon. And in the papers across the nation, as we have on the board, it displayed how that that moon turned from light to darkness. And the very phenomena of it, that that moon drawed exactly in the skies the same thing the Holy Spirit had me to draw here two years ago. And showing the covering, the when it went six pictures, I put the seventh on there because the seventh church aid just a shadow of light, the going of the, that's where Jesus at the door knocking, but it goes into total darkness. And what a reflection, what a message from God himself that these things are the truth. Amen. Testified it first in his word, then by the Spirit at the platform, and then declared it in the heavens. Amen. There's no mistake about it at all. Those seals and ages are perfectly in line. Perfectly. God given witness by supernatural signs and wonders with the word and history all placed together in the age that we're now living in. That's hard for the churches to see this. It's hard for the denominations to see it. They always try to think that you're trying to ball the people out. You're not. You're trying to warn the people. It isn't trying to be evil to them. You're trying to get them from the evil. It isn't people in the organizations. It's the system that they're in that's damning them. Honest, sincere people are Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, and what more. It's human beings who, who nuns don't go into the nunnery to be bad women. They go in there to be good women. They're trying to get closer to God, but it's the system that pollutes them. People join church not to be a bad person, but to be a good person. But it's a system of the church that draws them from the Word and the principles that God's laid down for this day, and that's what gets them out. I remember God is the Word. And each age He has lotted the Word for each age that would be on the earth. He lotted in the church age, and the seven seals revealed every bit of it. See? Why did there was their mysteries? That was still hid. In Revelations 10, we find at the end of the seventh angel's message that these mysteries that had been hid would be revealed. Revelations 10, 1 to 7. Notice, the reason is because there had been no prophets during this age. The Bible said that God does nothing till he reveals it to his prophets, his servants, the prophets. And the word of the Lord in all ages has always come to the prophets. Never to a system. Never to a group. Never did God use a group. Every time any group of people organized, God left it and never did return. Search the history and see if that's right or not. We've already done it. Never does he deal with a system or a group after they organize. It's against God. Therefore... During the time of the Reformations, 
there come in reformers as the seven seals proved that it was. But in the last days now, it was supposed to be revealed again because we find in the scripture of Malachi 4 that there is to be an anointing come down and to restore again that original faith and to bring the faith of the people back to the original Pentecost, the faith of the fathers. And we took the Elijah of the first run. We took the Elisha to follow him. We took John the Baptist after that, who was the Elisha that day, and a promise for another in this day. Now, John the Baptist was not the Elisha of Malachi 4. He was the Elisha of Malachi 3. Jesus said so. Behold, I send my messenger before my face to prepare the way. We find him being that. Now, in doing so, in finding those positions, we know that all the rest of Scripture, inspired of God, reveals to us that we're in the last day. Now, if I come with the message of Pentecost, I'd be in the Lady of Sin Church Age, and it wouldn't be right. That's the reason that Wesley could not take Luther's message. Luther was in one age, Church Age, and Wesley was in another Church Age. If Jesus would have come in the, with the message of Moses, it would not have worked. If Moses would have come with the message of Noah, it would not have worked. But God has lauded to his, his, his people of every age of Scripture. And before the age can come into existence, into time, then the churches has got it so mixed up that they, they don't know where they're at. That's the reason they fail to recognize Jesus being the Son of God. Their, their traditions had blinded their eyes, but He was exactly with the Scripture. Amen. The prophets was the same. Jesus said, which of you, of your fathers didn't stone those prophets that were sent to you? Then God sends His prophet to... And the prophet is the living Word of God made manifest. Amen. Jesus said... How can you condemn me to say I'm the Son of God and you call in your own laws? You said those who the word of the Lord came to, which were the prophets, you call them gods and they are, for the scriptures cannot be broken, he said. And how will you condemn me? When he is, they were a part of the law. They were a part of the word of God. But Jesus was the fullness of the word of God. His whole plan of redemption. Amen. God's whole sufficiency was in him. And now, through the church ages, they've done the same. And the seven seals is to reveal all the mysteries that was left off during that time because we're without prophets. And the word does not come to reformers. Prophets. God is unchangeable. And Malachi 3 said, I am God and I change not. God's first way of doing anything, that's God's ever way of doing anything. God decided he would save man by the shed blood of an innocent one in the Garden of Eden, and He has never changed it since and cannot change it. We've tried by education, by buildings, by systems, by denominations, by ethics, and everything else, and it's all failed. But there's only one place that God meets man that's under the shed blood of the innocent. Only by the blood. That was His first decision. See, we can make a decision, and next year we can think better. We got a better idea of it next year. God can't. He's infinite. His first decision is perfect. Nothing can move it. 
I can learn more. We're finite. I can learn more. You can learn more. But God can't learn more. He's perfect to begin with. And therefore, His first decision, rest your soul upon it. What the Bible says, that's it. God's got to judge the world someday. And the Catholic says He'll judge it by the Catholic Church. If that be so, which Catholic Church? They differ one from another. If you go to judge it by the Protestant, which Protestant church? They differ one from another. And it would be a bit confusing. No one would know where to stand. If the Methodist is right, the Baptist is lost. If the Protestant's right, the Catholic's lost. The Catholic's right, the Protestant's lost. But the Bible said that he will judge the world by Jesus Christ. And he is the Word. Then he'll judge it by the Word. And all denominations get off of that word to make their creed. I just asked any to prove to me where they take the full word. They can't do it because it's controlled by a system of man. Where you got man, God never did deal but with one person at a time. He never even had two prophets at the same time. One. God can get one man in his hand. He doesn't deal with you, your organization. He deals with you. Now, upon that basis, we come to the Feast of the Trumpets. The hidden mysteries. is prophesied it was to be that way. Therefore, it had to be revealed in the way that it was. But to be revealed in this last day, to fulfill exactly what I've just said, Malachi, the fourth chapter, Luke, the 17th chapter, and the, the 30th verse, how he would do it, and uh, Hebrews 13, 8, Hebrews 4, 12, and many of those scriptures that tell us. Now, if that's foreign to some of you, may I say that God always, the way God is known amongst people is by being prophetic. The Jews always know to believe their prophets. He said, if there be one among you, I, the Lord, will speak to him in spiritual dreams and in visions and what he says come to pass and hear him. They were always, that's how they failed to recognize Jesus and had to class him something else. So they made him an evil spirit, Beelzebub, because he was able to discern the thoughts that was in their hearts. We always know it. that's a sign of the word. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the twelfth verse, said the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When he, the Holy Ghost, will come upon you, he will remind you of these things I've said and will show you things to come. God in sundry times and diverse manners, Hebrews 1, spoke to the fathers, to the prophets in this last days, to His Son, Jesus Christ. The same God, this changed from the prophets to the Son, that's all. See? Always the same message, the same way of doing it. Now, it's prophesied that the churches would be in this condition, had to be restored back again. And He said in Malachi 4, that He would send Elijah the prophet and would restore the, the people back again. Where they bring it. Notice, um, just before, uh, right after his message, there will be a time when the world will burn and the righteous will walk out upon the ashes. Now, to some theologian that might be listening in on the tape somewhere around the world, if you uh, think that that was John, remember, then the scriptures is wrong. For the world did not burn after John's message. Jesus did not come and take the people in the millennium. But he's promised to do it after the spirit of Elijah comes up on the earth again. Notice, 
Now, in Malachi 4, we see here that this is supposed to be done to restore what? The faith of the people back to the original fathers, the Pentecostal doctrine, the original fathers. And he will restore the people back to the fathers. We find in Luke 17, Jesus said that when he come, in this last days, Luke 17, 33, we find out that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man when the Son of Man is being revealed. Now notice he come in three sons' name. He come in the name of the Son of David, or the Son of Man, Son of God, Son of David. Now he had to come as Son of Man because he was a prophet. Jehovah himself called the prophet Son of Man. And Jesus never referred to himself as Son of God. He referred to himself always as Son of Man. And notice, he revealed himself then as the prophet, the seer. He said, if I do not the works of my Father, then believe it not. He met every description that was spoke of him in the Scripture, even to his death, burial, resurrection, his crucifixion, his birth, and all. And in his work, he met the description of the seer, the Son of Man. Now he's been revealed through the church ages, now watch, through the church ages as Son of God. God being a spirit, the Holy Spirit. He revealed himself in the church ages as in the congregation as the Holy Spirit among the people. We find in Laodicea church age, the last church age, he's put out of the church. Nowhere else was he ever put out in any age. But in the Lady of Siete, because they said we're rich and have need of nothing, know it not that you're miserable, poor, naked, and blind, and don't know it. He was put out of the church age, and then according to Luke 17, he said, As it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now he was reading the same Genesis that we read. Notice in Sodom, what taken place? What was it in Sodom? Abraham, there's always three classes of people. There was Abraham, the elected and called out outside of Sodom itself. There was Lot, the church member, our denominational man. Down, he became part of that world by being the mayor of the city. Said in the gate, he was a judge, which is a mayor. And there was Sodom itself. Now, at the evening time or the middle of the day, when Abraham was under his oak, three angels appeared to him. Two of them went down in Sodom and preached the gospel and tried to call him out. They wouldn't do it. They were perverted. Lot and his wife only, and two of his daughters started out, and the wife turned to a pillar of salt. But the one that stayed and talked to Abraham, and Abraham called Elohim, the Almighty, Genesis 1, God in the beginning, God, Elohim, the, the all-sufficient one, the self-existing one. Abraham called him Elohim, and he sat down and eat with Abraham. He drank. He was in human flesh. And watch the sign that he gave Abraham. Now, they were looking for a coming son, a promised son, Isaac. Twenty-five years on a long journey, they had looked for it. But they were at the end of the journey... God had appeared in many forms as He has through the church ages. 
and lights and so forth as he spoke to Abraham and the voices. But just before the coming sun arrived, now we've been through it and you know I'm just rehearsing to get this to you, that he changed the body of Abraham and Sarah immediately after this so they could receive the sun. Notice the last sign that they got before the sun arrived was Jehovah talking to them in the form of a man. And how they know this was Jehovah because he said, Abraham, not Abram. Just a few days before God had changed his name. Where is thy wife? Sarah, not S-A-R-R-A, but S-A-R-A-H, princess. And Abraham said, she is in the tent behind you. And he said, I, that's a personal pronoun. I will visit you according to my promise at the time of life, the next 28 days, something's going to happen to Sarah. And Sarah in the tent smiled in herself and said in her heart, how could this be seeing I'm old and have pleasure with my Lord who is also old Abraham? And the angel or the man said, why did Sarah say that in her heart? In the tent behind him. Why did she say these things cannot be? See, a man in human flesh, like a prophet, yet it was Elohim, discerning the thought that was in Sarah's heart behind him. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be at the coming of the end of the world when the Son of Man, not Son of God, when the Son of Man will be revealing. Hadn't had it through the age. See that perfect continuity of the Scripture? Here we live in it. Mysteries even of the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus and away from the oneness idea and these other things, how the Holy Spirit has moved that in and showed it perfectly and the true baptism of the Holy Spirit, the token and everything it placed in high place to every reform and everything just exactly and see right before our own eyes. And it's not in a corner, it's world knowing Jesus, the Son of God, revealing Himself by the Scriptures, making that scripture that has been predestinated to this day like it was to that day and all other days, live. Amen. And to believe it is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Righteousness. You can't pronounce that uh, just uh, uh, going to church is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. If you do, then them Pharisees had it. See? You can't pronounce uh, shaking or jumping. Being the, if you do, the heathens has got it. If you say speaking in tongues, what? What devil worship doesn't speak in tongues? Tell me one. Brother Jackson sitting here for Africa, from Africa. He could tell you that. I've been in the Indian camps here. See the witches and wizards cut themselves and pour their own blood and speak in tongues and, and the witch doctor interpreted and see him lay down a pencil and write in unknown tongues. So that's not it. But if it, what is the true evidence? Jesus said, that you believe that I'm He and He is the Word. Why didn't they get it? Why didn't the Jews get it? They were righteous men. They were good men. They were holy men. And there were all kinds of people. But to whom is predestined to hear the Word, 
How do you know whether it is the Word? Each one says this. It's the promise of the Bible being vindicated of that age. There you are. Then you come back to where the Holy Spirit is. What's the sound of the trumpet in a few minutes? What it declares. The trumpet, the gospel trumpet. See who can hear it. Remember, those in the walled cities could not come out in the Jubilee. No, sir, they were in the walls. They stayed there. It was over. Their slaves the rest of their life and had to be marked. Now, as we see all these patterns, notice, now these acts, Malachi 4 and all this in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. He remains forever the Word. The Word made manifest. That's exactly what he declared the prophets. A prophet doesn't only mean a seer, a foreteller. It means a revealer of the Word that's written in his own life. His own works reveals and vindicates the Word of that day like Noah building the ark, Moses down there, whatever more than any prophet. The promised Word for that hour. Now we know that He's with us. We believe that. You see His Word made manifest by photographs, by scriptures, by declarations in the heaven on earth. Everything else that He said, not one time has it failed. I ask any person to show me from the different parts of the country or over the world, you're you're obligated to write me and tell me where one time it ever failed. Perfect word by word. Now, that's a promise. Why was He to appear in this last days? If you go back and you take listeners to the bride tree and bring up where Christ was, that tree that was in the Garden of Eden, the first Adam that fell, and this second Adam was cut down by sin. They hung him on a Roman tree, and out of that drew the, come out the bride tree that he promised that we see in the Scriptures. Now, in order to get the bride, like the pyramid, that comes in minority all the time, from the great wide, from Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, and then the capstone in the top of it is so honed. And each one of those stones are so perfectly put together and we don't know yet how they did it. But it's so perfectly put together in that pyramid. And we're not pyramid teaching now. We're just Enoch and them built it years ago. And it stands for a symbol just the same as the sun rises and sets. Just the same as the tree drops its light. It's leaf, it comes back again. As the fish and the cattle and everything else symbolizes it. That pyramid stands as a symbol. Go into the prophet's chamber and watch them seven steps. Where did the, where did the uh, guard meet the uh, challenge to bring the comer into the presence of the king at the top of the steps is in the seventh step. That shows that we've got to come again with that same spirit that was on John. He introduced the Messiah. He was greater than all the prophets. He introduced it, and we've got to come to a place again to something that's going to introduce the Messiah. And how will the Messiah, the people that's believing in the Lord, unless they're constantly in the Word to know what He is. Daniel said, The wise shall know, but the foolish and unwise wouldn't know. They shall know their God. Now, now, how it shall appear in the last days is to bring the people back to the Word so that the bride will know her husband, know her mate, the revealed Word. 
That's why this has to happen. It wasn't in the reformers. It wasn't Luther, Wesley, and the Pentecostals now. Scripture says it wasn't. But it will come. That is His promise for this age. We're living in the age that His coming will be in. She must be identified in Him. Any woman must be identified with her husband. For the two are one. And Christ's bride has to be identified with Him. For the two are one. And He is the Word. Not the denomination, the Word. We are to be the children of the light. And the light is the Word which is made light for this age. How do we know light? Except it comes from the Word. Alright, the Word made flesh is the light of the age. When you see it, the Bible says so. Then people looking at Jesus there and said, Well, this man, who is he? Well, he's born to illegitimate birth down there. Why, his father and mother is this, that, and the other, and all this there. But they didn't know him. If they know the Scriptures, they would have known him. He said so. They said, We're Moses' disciples. He said, If you knew Moses, you'd know me. For Moses wrote of me. And still too blind to see it. See how humble? Away from all the crews and the denominations and the creeds and everything, God moved right in in flesh in the form of a man, a kinsman redeemer. She must be identified with him. We are invited to be the children of the light, that we walk in the light. I remember down in Kentucky here not long ago, I had a meeting. After I come out of the church, there was an old man standing with a lantern in his hand. He belonged to a church that don't believe in healing and so forth. I said, I differ with you, Brother Branham. I said, well, you've got a right to do that. He said, you see, I will not accept anything unless I see it. I've got to see it right plain. I said, then, did you ever see God? Right plain, stand before him. Of course, he didn't believe in visions. And he said, no. I said, then, you're not a believer, sir. I couldn't talk to you. <laughs> we see what God promises and hold to that. He said, how do you figure that? I said, he said, come go home with me and talk tonight. I said, I can't like to. Where do you live? He said, you go over this mountain here. I said, how do you go to get there? You don't see your house. <laughs> he said, well, there's a path runs up over the hill. I said, you don't see the path. He said, well, I got a lantern. I said, the lantern won't show the light right on the house. Oh, no. But that path will lead to the house. But that lantern will only show light for one step at a time. We'll walk in the light, the beautiful light, one step at a time, or coming closer to Him. Yeah, children of the light, accept His Word. Keep walking and watch more unfold. Don't leave it. No matter what anybody else says, stay right in that. Just keep walking with it. Watch it unfold and reveal itself. The Word is a seed. A seed in the right kind of ground will bring forth its kind. Notice Revelations 10, 1 to 7. All the mysteries are to be revealed to the bride by the messenger of the Lady of Sea Church. Has anybody got a revised version Bible? If you have, you'll notice there where it said the angel, it's in parentheses, it says the eagle. The messenger to the, the Lady of Sea Church. Revelations 10, 1 to 7. It said that this, in that day, that he seen him come down and he eat up the little book. And there was about one foot on land and one on the sea and swore by him that is and ever and ever that time shall be no more. And when he did, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders uttered their voices, John said he was about to write. He said, don't write it. Mm-hmm. 
and he sealed it. Now, someone said, well, that's seven seals then, Brother Branham, that will be revealed in the last days, some great mystery, how we get closer to God. No, sir, it can't be. Whosoever shall take one word from this Bible or add one word to it, his part will be taken in the book of life. What it is is a revelation on what has been missed back there to bring to It's already wrote here. It's in here. It's to reveal what already has been written. Amen. See, because you can't add one thing to it or take one word from it. The first chapter of, Re of, of the Bible in the beginning, Genesis, one woman didn't misbelieve it, but she just misinterpreted, let Satan misinterpret to her one word. Surely. See? And then from that caused all this trouble. And that was God speaking, God's word. And in the last chapter of Revelation, Jesus himself, the same God, said, Whosoever shall take one word out or add one word to it. This is a complete revelation of Jesus Christ. And the seven seals had the mysteries hid of what it all was and supposed to open it in the last day at the Lady of Sin age at the end of time. Thanks be to God. That finishes the message to the church. That finishes it when they look back and see what has been and see where it's all brought up to. That finishes it, the age of the church. Now notice the trumpets that we're speaking of is a call together or either a feast or war, or a person, some sacred day, or something like that. Notice, you said for a person, yeah, or for the year of Jubilee, the announcing of the coming of freedom, when they can go back. Now we can take a complete morning on just that one thing. But now getting into the trumpet, you got the background now of the seals and the church. Now we're going into the trumpet. The trumpet sounded, and the trumpet denotes either war or feast day, or if what it means is a gathering together of the people. The trumpet. Paul said, when the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who can prepare themselves for war, or for peace, or whatever it is? Who knows? You have to know what the trumpet sounds. Therefore, when the trumpet sounds, we see something in the earth today, there's a great trouble somewhere. Everybody knows it. Everybody's becoming erotic. The whole world is an erotical world. And we know there's something wrong. The Pentagon, everywhere, we know there's something wrong. Now, the only way you'll know what the trumpet sound is, is to look what the music sheet says. <laughs> so, it's a great symphony. See? And beating like Peter and a wolf. See, when you, if the, and the, the composer has wrote the book, and the director must be in the same spirit of the composer if he don't, he gives the wrong beat, and then the whole thing's out. That's what's the matter today. We got too many directors in the, not in the spirit of the composer. They say the denomination, well, we believe this no matter what you say. The Bible is right. Beat it out according to the sheet music right here before. Then the great symphony of God's great act is playing out this right. Then we see the hour and where we're standing. Now, notice the trumpet is to call together the people. Sim themselves together for something. Sometimes it announced an important person like in Joseph. They sounded the trumpet and Joseph uh, was appearing which is a, a symbol of the great trumpet that we speak of and get to after a while in Isaiah that says when the great trumpet sounds, when that end sign will be lifted up out there, then there will come a time when the great trumpet will be sounded and all the nations will gather to Jerusalem. That's when the millennium starts, the great trumpet. Now, this calling of the feast of the trumpets, the approaching of something. Notice Revelations 8 and 7, if you want to write it down. We notice the first trumpet, there scattered hail, blood, fire, Upon the earth, 
just exactly with Exodus, when God was calling His people out of the Exodus. Now, the reason that these seven trumpets does not apply to this church in this age is because it's to Israel only. It's the calling of the gathering of the people. And now there's only one significance in here that I want you to get to in a few minutes. It's where you'll see why this doesn't apply to this age that we're living in, the seven trumpets. I know many people differ with that, but I know it's this. I don't, don't know because I'm saying you're saying it because I didn't get it from myself. My, my thought is not my own. Everyone it is that told me if it's wrong, then it's wrong. But I'm not telling it by my own. I'm telling it by what somebody else has said. That somebody else is a God that spoke to us and done all these things that he has done and appeared. See? So I know it's right. The, the gathering of Israel is the trumpets. The trumpets is to gather Israel. Notice, the very first trumpet sound, blood, fire, hail, and everything scattered the ground. See? What was he doing? Bringing Israel out of spiritual Egypt. See? Back into his homeland. Now let me say this right here. That every trumpet that blowed, blowed under the sixth seal. And we'll get to it in a few minutes where we caught the seal there. All the trumpets sounded under the sixth seal. Because the seventh seal, there was silence. No one knew that's the minute or hour that Christ would come as he revealed it to us. But every trumpet sounded under the sixth seal under the persecution of the Jews. Notice. Revelations now, eighth, and begin with the seventh verse. All was the calling out of Israel natural in Egypt. Now it's a calling out of Israel in the spiritual sense. He was making them ready to come to the Feast of the Atonement. Notice, the Feast of the Trumpets was first, which was Pentecost. The Feast of the Atonement followed it 50 days later. The Feast of the Atonement, read it here. We'll probably, if we have time, we'll refer to it and read to you out of the Bible here in Leviticus 12. Now, or Leviticus 23, rather, in Leviticus 16, we find that the first was the feast of the, of the trumpets was the atonement. And uh, uh, after it followed, Pentecost. Now, we find out a uh, feast of the atonement followed the feast of the trumpets. Now, notice, the trumpet sounded, and that was to gather them together. Now, the first trumpet blowed, there was hail, blood, Fire sprayed upon the earth, just exactly like it was in Egypt, making ready to call them to the day of the atonement. See, they rejected the true atonement. And this year has been lengthened out through here, has been the year of Pentecost. See? Now, the sounding for the Jews comes next. This has been the calling out of the church. Watch real close. Now, which afterwards he took them to the land of promise, which he will do the same thing, and which in symbol he takes the church to the land of promise. Remember, every trumpet sounded under the sixth seal, only then when it sounded. Notice, now, exactly the continuity of the scripture is exactly the same. Under the seventh trumpet is to Israel the same as the seventh seal was to the church. We find under the seventh seal that when these souls that was under the altar there that received robes, they were given robes. Not that they earned them because they were in the dispensation when God was still dealing with grace with the Gentiles, not Jews. 
Israel is saved as a nation. God deals with Israel as a nation. Gentiles is a people for his name. Not a nation for his name. Israel. And when Hitler and them persecuted the Jews and did the things that they'd done, under that, look, they, Stalin, Hitler, and all those dictators raised up, if we had the time which to rehearse it to some newcomers, but we went through it under that same age that there has been in Germany and, and all the other nations, Jews have scattered throughout all the land, but there has raised in the last 20 years a bitter persecution against the Jews. I've been out there at the old places where they burnt their bodies and cremated and used, the, used their ashes to fertilize the ground. Jewish children and women and everything, then they tried to deny it. Take them right out and show them where it was done. It's been a bitter persecution against Israel because it's been the time calling him now back to the atonement. He is still earned the atonement of a natural lamb. The real lamb of God is the atonement, and he's rejected it, and the blood's been upon him ever since. Notice. Making ready the people. How perfect, then, the seventh trumpet and the seventh seal is. Perfectly together, the persecution of the Jews. Note, in Revelations, the ninth chapter and the thirteenth verse, uh, notice real close, under the sixth trumpet, Revelations 9, 13, under the sixth trumpet, note there was 200,000 horsemen that had been bound in the river of Euphrates was turned loose under the sixth trumpet. Now there's not 200,000 horsemen in the world. But there was 200,000 horsemen. Notice it. I want you to jot it down so you can read it. They wasn't natural horses. They breathed fire and they had breastplates of jasper and they had tails and the end of the tail looked like a serpent and a snake's head on the end of it stinging. See? It was spiritual horses. Spiritual devils, chargers. Amen. That had been bound in Euphrates all these years. Supernatural devils. What was it? The old Roman Empire being revived. Amen. The persecution of the Jews. They've been bound for nearly 2,000 years at the river Euphrates. Can't cross to the promise. Amen. A religious sect that was trying to get to the other side. Euphrates, you know, come to Eden. Amen. But they were bound there. Two hundred thousand devils of persecution. And notice what happens during that sixth trumpet. They were turned loose on the Jews. The persecution of the Jews. Supernatural devils. Nearly two thousand years then loosed by stalling Hitler upon the Jews. You say, well, that isn't Roman. It's the same spirit They've done the same things they did to the Christians in the old pagan Roman days. Now watch the natural Israel and the spiritual church now as we separated here. Turn loose on the Jews. You remember on the sixth seal, however one of those martyrs are calling according to the word of God, receive robes. It's given to them by the grace because they're blinded that they can't see the gospel that this people might be called out of the Gentiles for the the brown. They were given ropes. The Bible says you earned that trumpet. 
them Jews who absolutely is against Christ and everything. The reason they are is because the Bible said they're blinded. And they were blinded for your sake. And the just God knows that they would receive it. But they were made blind for your sake. The Bible said so. There's that Roman Empire bound there by what? The ecclesiastical powers. Which Rome, pagan Rome, become papal Rome. And was bound there in its traditions of Christian, what part of Christian and, and superstitions it had of Rome, putting together all these worship of women and all this other kind of stuff, and Christmas days and holidays and holy days and things. It's been bound by that tradition that it cannot let loose because it's against Christian principles. Still the same ungodly pagan spirit. And that spirit caught into the nations of the world according to the prophecies of Ezekiel and the rest of them. And they were loosed upon the Jew who know nothing of the spirit. There's your mysteries that's hidden in that seal there. Notice that we went through it. Now show you this trumpet here, this last trumpet, what takes place. There they are. These trumpets are let loose on the Jews, don't you see? Not on the Gentiles, the Gentile, when them seals is open, is sealed away. Time is ended. The church is called. You remember the vision the other day? Remember the review, the preview of it? How many remember Sunday before last? How there it was exactly come by. We've seen it exactly, seen that dirty, filthy thing come up called the church. Vulgarity is to the extreme. And that little bride of every nation, each one of them dressed like their nation, they come from just perfectly walking before the Lord. You know, there'll be a time sometime when they say, well, I thought the church is to go before the persecution. I thought this is a rapture. It's already passed and you knew it not. That's what he said about John one time, you know. He said, how... Uh, when I say the prophets, that, uh, the scribes that Elias was first come, he said he's already come. And even the disciples didn't know it. Amen. They'd done to him what they listed. The rapture will be the same way. In an hour, he promised to do that. He didn't promise to show Elias like that. But he promised to sh- take the bride like that. In an hour that you think not, just a change in a moment of a twinkle of an eye, be caught away. Then you're left. Then that's the time. Two thousand years... This spirit through the Roman people, the Roman church, could not move. But that same spirit coming up first down there into Mussolini in Rome, the dictator. You know the five, seven things you showed me in 33 would come to pass? Five of them's already passed. Dr. Lay Bale's writing a book on it there now. See? Five things perfectly and just two more things to happen. Said it happened just before the coming. Here we are right at the end now. and look like that six things moving right up. See? Perfectly, exactly, even the wars and how they would happen exactly on the dot. Not one time did it miss. Listen, folks. We are taking inventory every hour. We don't know where we're standing. Real close. Now, now he loosed upon under that sixth seal these 200,000 spiritual demons. Started in Rome, Germany, Hitler, notes over in the Bible where they received never they received power as kings, but wasn't crowned. A dictator is not a crowned king. Just received power as a king. Oh 
uh, Spirit of God is moving through me now, you know, just saying something. I don't know how to say it or what to say, and maybe better not. Notice, two hundred thousand demons turned loose upon those Jews. When they burned them, they crucified them. They put bubbles in their veins. They killed them until they had no more gas to kill them with. And they shot them until they had no more bullets to shoot with. And they and they done everything they could do. And they cremated their bodies and everything and hung on fences, children and all. Innocent people because they were Jews. They were done that way. But God said he gave each one of them a robe, undeserving as it was, but his grace to blind them so that we could see the seventh seal hasn't opened yet, you know. That's his coming. So while they're still on there, but he shows us here in a preview of John. He's talking about one time walking on the sea, you know, he said, what about this man that leans on your bosom? He said, what is it to you if he stays till I come? See, he never stayed, but he took him up and showed him the things that happened till he come. Just showed him, reviewed the whole plan too, John. Notice, we find now that that natural power under the natural to a natural nation, Israel, was loose there. And what did it? It went and made war and how it murdered and persecuted. Now, in the ecclesiastical realm of it. I, I hope that God opens your eyes to this now. Because I realize this is not speaking to this church here. This tape goes worldwide. And I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but just to tell the truth. Now the ecclesiastical rim has been opened from the natural revival of the old pagan Rome went forth on those Jews, which has always been their enemy. The lion with teeth and everything is stomped down and broke out. The people, Rome, always been God's enemy. And it was turned loose in the same spirit by the dictators of the world because the religious system was still holding. Now it's been loosed. What has it done? In the cunningness, as he said, he come in like flatteries. And what has he done? He's bringing the Protestant ecumenical council of the world churches, the spirit of Antichrist upon both of them, bringing them to the slaughter just like they did the other. In the hour to call the bride. How? Loosed in the ecclesiastical church spirit. Loosed upon what? Not upon the denominations, upon the bride. But here you get it, the bride will not go through that time. The Bible says not. The church will, but not the bride, can't you see? Ministers, can't you see that, brethren? He said the church has to go through the persecution for the... For the uh, perfection of it, the blood of Jesus Christ perfects the bride. A man who chooses a wife don't put her through a lot of punishment. He's already found grace to, with her. She's found grace with him. He, he engages to her. And if there's anything he'll keep her from ever, place to turn her hand. His grace is so great upon him. And so will it be upon the bride and so is it on the bride. We unworthy creatures, deserving of hell, but His grace holds us to it. Look at how many lost and blind. How many, how many sinners was in the world the hour I got saved? God saved me for a purpose, and I'm determined by His will to do that purpose. I don't care what anything else goes. I want to do it. Hallelujah. 
And in the hour when I see all the churches, their great glamour, rich and have need of nothing, they say, and see the miserable, wretched, blind, and patting on the shoulders, want you to compromise with them. I was born for a purpose. That's to condemn that thing. And to, hold on. Yes, I do. Remember when Jesus came on the earth? There wasn't one hundredth of the people on the earth ever know he was here. He come to get that elected group. He said, no man can come to me except my father has drawn him. And all the Father hath past tense given me, they'll come. They'll know it. They'll hear it. Notice the loosing of this ecclesiastical spirit. Now, 20 years later, at that war, we see the loosing of the ecclesiastical spirit. What on earth? The seventh seal. The seventh trumpet to the Jew. Look at the moon darkening out. We're under. See it driving out? The Son of Man being drove from the church. What is it? Joining in with the ecclesiastical bunch, the, the ecumenical move, and with the World Council of Churches has drove every man. What does that thing stand for? Why, you have to surrender all your evangelical teachings and things. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? They can't. Jesus said they can't. And how can a church of Methodists and Baptists walk together? How can the church of Christ walk with the Presbyterians? How can the Catholic walk with a Protestant? Amen. How can Protestant walk with Protestant? But the bride can walk with the Word, which is Christ. It must be an agreement. Amen. Not the ecclesiastical system, but the Word. You have to agree with the Word to walk with the Word. Jesus said so. That makes it right. Notice. There she is. Now she's loose to call all these little loose sins. Oh, well, don't make any difference anyhow. That's what Satan said to Eve. Don't make any difference. It's all right. Surely God's a good God. He loves us all. He doesn't. You hear so much about being a good God. He is a good God. But being good, he has to be just. There is no goodness without justice. There is no justice without no law, without punishment, penalty. So we're in that hour that we're living as we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word, and we thank Thee, Lord, for the promise of this last days which You sent for us. You said You shall pour out Your Spirit upon all flesh. Your uh, old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall see visions, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. So we pray, Father, may Your promise be accomplished in our lives today. And for any who have not come to know you in the power of your resurrection, may you fill them with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Well
Someday 
ด้วย